Hello, welcome to the second Gallybega podcast. I'm Sam Jordison, co-director of Gallybega Press. I'm recording this on the 8th of July 2019. A few days ago, July the 4th, Independence Day, we published Duck's Noob Report by Lucy Elman. I'm happy to say that the first reviews have already arrived, and even happier to say that they've been as good as the book deserves. Ian Sampson in The Guardian called it a triumph. Writing in the Irish Times, Declan O'Driscoll called Ducks extraordinary, astounding, amazing. And he finished by saying, The fact that this isn't just one of the outstanding books of 2019, it's one of the outstanding books of the century so far. On Book Munch, Chris Olison also said that Ducks is the book of the year and of the first couple of decades of the century. Phew. This week on the podcast, the main event is a speech by Lucy Elman, a lament, she calls it, that she recorded with us when she visited Gallybega Press headquarters last week to sign 400-odd limited edition copies of Duck's New Report. As you'll hear, I recorded Lucy in our front room. At one point, our dog came in and started scratching, so sorry about that. But I'm hoping you'll forgive a bit of canine interference when you hear what Lucy actually has to say. This talk is wonderful, funny... Angry, searing, brilliant. Rather like Duck's Newburyport itself. It is the 2nd of July. We are in Gallybega headquarters. I'm here with Lucy Elman, who has just signed 400-odd copies of Duck's Newburyport. We're sitting in our front room, surrounded by by very big books. And um, Lucy, what are you going to do, Lucy? Uh, I guess I'll I'll uh, do a sort of rant, because <laughs> people have suggested Duck's new report is a rant, but it is not a rant, and I I can do a rant, but uh, I don't think it is. It's a lament. Uh, this is a talk I gave at the Glasgow Women's Library recently. Amen, as Betty Davis would say. I'm sorry to have to mention this, but men don't like women much. They subtly let us know this from time to time, through rape, murder, prostitution, public stonings, the pay gap, the catwalk, and the new anti-abortion law in Alabama. As a woman in Honduras said recently, just because you are a woman, you feel hatred like someone is always trying to kill you. Why do men let us live at all? It must really go against the grain to see us trotting about after all their efforts to silence us. Are they just humoring us or farming us for our vaginas? Not all men, of course. There are many men I love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, 
It can't be denied that male domination hasn't been good. Women need to be in charge of things. And women have a lot of latent power. Think of all the stuff we do now. Paint, teach, write, compose, medicate, self-medicate, vote, invent, invest, divorce, abort, ponder, propose, go to the moon. It's a multitasking nightmare. <clears throat> Women are weightlifters and shapeshifters, anarchists and economists, orthodontists and architects. Why architects? I don't know. Just 30 years ago, marriageability was still a stick to beat us with. Now a woman's potential charms have broadened to include her career and financial assets, as well as her ass. This is a new kind of paternalism, though, with men still deciding if we'll do in the silicon-breasted, flame-choked, tsunami-sloshed, carcinogen-ripe world they've created for us. This big cow pat of growth and progress that men have dumped upon an environment going to pieces. And women are still tortured with body shaming. Thanks to pornography, they're now obsessed with a whole new level of physical perfection. There's a global effort to stamp out female genital mutilation in poorer countries, yet women in the West crave labial surgery and the pubic landing strip, of course, that essential signal of subservience. Never in all this is the male gaze question. It's all a great distraction from real disasters like Trump, Brexit, and climate change. Instead of confronting men about all these lousy ideas of theirs, we engage in a lifelong beauty competition, fighting the flab while men ransack the larder become billionaires and destroy the earth. Women apologize and agonize all day, doing their nails, their hair, their bikini waxes, when we have nothing to apologize for. Women's crimes come nowhere near what men have done. Who invented genocide, totalitarianism, whaling, and rugby? I'd like to know. It sometimes makes you mourn the lost art of dueling, one good thing about duels was that a single confrontation could potentially rid the world of two idiots. I was born in Illinois, but I've spent much of my life in England and Scotland, watching my native land from afar, at first wistfully, more recently with utter disgust. In Duck's new report, I wanted to look at what America now is. To me, it seems doomed a busy hive of sinister activity, every stream polluted, every life in danger, and the lowly position of women is starkly accentuated there. American women are continually under attack from hamburgers, Fox News, plastic surgeons, pro-lifers, Hollywood, touchy-feely bosses and politicians, lead-filled drinking water, the rape epidemic, and of course, guns. As we saw with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, not only are some men called Brett, but American women never get a word in edgewise. America's no place for women. It's so depraved that a woman can't even work a shit job in a shirt store 
without having to choose one day if she wants to be sodomized or shot in the head. Duck's Newburyport features an Ohio mother and a mountain lion. Mountain lions having long been another vulnerable group in America. I wanted to seek out the lioness in all of us, the disused, abused, moral center that still cares about our lives and the lives of others, despite the horrors of militarism, neo-Nazis, radioactive waste, the American charade of a health system, and all the other conventions of patriarchal terrorism. I wanted to look at the ferocity of mothers, a somewhat untapped resource, I believe. I'm talking here about motherhood in the abstract, not about the need for more babies, far from it. But the history of women's involvement in child rearing deserves to be recognized as an ancient and life-enhancing force in the world. In the basic laws of mammalian life, motherhood is supreme. Evolution honors motherhood. Men don't. Oh boy, it takes some nerve to ruin the world for all life on earth and still take your seat at the United Nations. Men steal our power, then call us weak. They take our ideas, then claim we're not creative. They stole the earth when we weren't looking. And they dare to tell us we're the naggers when they're the tyrants. In Kenya recently, mothers united to express their outrage at the level of femicide there. One mother is saying, these mothers are in agony, these mothers are troubled, but these mothers can also become a voice. In the U.S., there are similar efforts to be heard. There's a gun control movement called Moms Demand Action. There's Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Mothers Against Gangs, Mothers Against Violence, Christian Mothers Against Masturbation, good luck to them. There's probably an opposing bunch called Christian Wankers Against Mothers. There are still men about who feel reading a book by a woman might diminish their masculinity. Masculinity is a frail and finite substance, kind of like helium. It's always uncontrollably draining away into the ether. So I anticipate trouble over the size of my new book. If women must write, surely their books should be self-effacing, slim, attractive, quiet, petite, demure, decent, not tardy and shouty. Like the instructions in Mission Impossible, maybe women's books are supposed to spontaneously combust after reading. The world only has so much space for Moby Dicks. But this novel required a blanketing of the reader in stuff, the stuff of one woman's consciousness. However diminished, downgraded, distracted, depressed, and dispossessed that consciousness may be. Why write in a world still dominated by men? Men who can't understand us, can't hear us, can't bear us, won't read us. Men who may even want to kill us. The only answer to these men who ask us to look sharp but shut up 
is to shout as best you can. What we need in this catastrophe of a world is a cacophony of female voices. Well, I'm very proud oh, to be your publisher. <laughs> oh, God. Really? I was scared you'd be really embarrassed by now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Pretty mean to men. <laughs> it's, it's not like men haven't asked for it. This is Ellie from Gallybegger. Sam thought it would be wrong for him to have the last word on this one. More to the point, so did I. So here I am, I'm having it. I hope you enjoyed listening to Lucy and this second Gallybegger podcast. We're both very proud to have published this wonderful novel. It's now available in all good bookstores and some bad ones, as well as our own online store at gallybegger.co.uk. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more.